what's going on. It's Chris Carino. This is the Voice of the Nets podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate it. Two guests for you today, both with a common theme. Both were young men when they courageously left their native country of Japan to come to the United States to pursue their dreams. One dreamt of being an NBA player, and the other dreamt of covering the NBA as a sports journalist. The player is Utah Watanabe. Utah has uh, become a fan favorite with the Nets this year. He came to the United States after graduating high school in Japan. Both his parents were basketball players, so he had the love of the game instilled in him there. But he came to the United States to play prep school basketball in Connecticut. It earned him a scholarship to George Washington. He was the first ever Japanese player to get an NCAA Division I men's basketball scholarship. He played four years at George Washington, was the A-10 Defensive Player of the Year. His first taste of the NBA was playing in the Nets Summer League in Las Vegas, where Jacques Vaughn got a chance to coach him. It followed with a couple of stints, a couple of years in Memphis, and then Toronto, two-way deals, you know, Exhibit 10 deals, and now having a chance to solidify a rotation spot with the Nets prior to this recent injury that he had. He missed 10 games with a hamstring injury. He was leading the NBA in three-point percentage at 57%. After the 10 days off, he returned to take on the Indiana Pacers in a game the other night where the Nets were playing without eight of their top players, including their biggest stars. And Utah was a little rusty early on, but made a few big plays down the stretch and helped the Nets come up with, I thought was the best win of the season playing without their, their star players, without eight guys, and came away with a win on the road against Indiana. We talked to Utah just before that, so we don't, we don't get into that game, but we get into everything else with Utah Watanabe. We'll talk to him first, and then it's Daisuke Segura, who was a young man himself, just out of college, when he left Japan to pursue his dream of being a sports journalist in the United States. Courageous young men going by themselves halfway around the world to try and pursue their dreams. And now Daisuke has been covering the NBA for NBA.com Japan, Yahoo Japan, Sports Nippon. He has interviewed everybody from David Stern to Kobe Bryant. And he's had a, a career that spanned over two decades. So we'll talk with him just a little bit. But first, it's Utah Watanabe, we talked to him right before he got back to action, got that big win against Indiana. He had missed 10 games, was out, but he's back. The Nets played Toronto recently, and I got a chance to talk to a lot of the broadcasters and people around the team. And Utah had spent the last two years in Toronto. And all anybody wanted to talk about was Utah. How is he doing? We hated giving him up. We wish he was still here. Uh, he's got an infectious energy about him. You'll see, we get into the Jimmy V stuff as well. You know, ask him about what makes him laugh, cry, and think. And you're going to get to know uh, just a terrific young man in Utah Watanabe, who's 27 right now. I mean, he's an adult. He's married. He's living in Brooklyn. We'll get into all of that stuff and Dice K. But first, up first, it is Utah Watanabe here on The Voice of the Nets. Well, Utah, you took the Nets world by storm. Do you understand the how how you shook all the fans and how well you've played early <laughs> uh, on here this year? Uh, 
Yeah, I guess like, like when I signed the Nets, I guess like people didn't really expect uh, me to play this much. Even like I wasn't expecting because, you know, I came <laughs> in this uh, training camp with a non-guarantee. Uh, so my goal was to make a team. So, um, yeah, I guess like no one expected, right? Well, when I spoke to people up in Toronto, they immediately brought you up. Like they wanted to know, how is Utah doing? How... Uh, we knew he was going to do this. They they really liked you up in Toronto, and I think they were uh, they're happy to see you now. But they wish you were doing it with the Raptors. Yeah, I mean that's good to know that <laughs> you know uh, you know I love Toronto too. Uh, you know I spent two years. Uh, my first year was in Tampa uh, because of the COVID. Yeah. But uh, last year I was in Toronto. I love the city. I love the team you know, teammates, organization, everything. So, you know, I enjoyed the time in Toronto. I, I would imagine Toronto, you know, Toronto's a very, um, it's got a different feel than, you know, it's, it's similar to the United States cities, but it's got a little more of a, uh, of an international feel. Did you, did you kind of feel at home a little bit more in Toronto than maybe your other stop? Cause you previously, I think you were, you said Tampa and Memphis, mm-hmm. Toronto is much different. Yeah. 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 Uh, I definitely felt that. And I was, I was really surprised. Like there were so many Japanese in Toronto and like, I like, there are so many like Japanese restaurants that mm-hmm. were really good. So yeah, I definitely felt like a home there. I, I talked to Daisuke, you know, Daisuke, mm-hmm. the, the reporter from Japan. And he was saying how in New York, you can't really find anything that is the same in restaurants as home. Uh, in Toronto, did you find the food? Did you find places that you could go where they were authentic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely found uh, uh, some good Japanese restaurant uh, that I always go. Uh, you know, uh, did that make you feel a little more at home? Yeah, the people work there. Well, like I, th- I would say, like ninety percent were Japanese. So you know, they asked me like what to get in Japanese, mm. and you know, we you know we were talking in Japanese, and uh, the food was really good. Uh, so yeah, I definitely feel like, uh, that was, uh, in Japan. Those people m- must've been very proud to see you. Cause uh, I would imagine they knew who you were and, and what you represent. Yeah. Uh, so like first few times I went to a restaurant, like, you know, Japanese people are like uh, a little bit more shy than uh, yeah. Americans. So like, we didn't really talk. I, I like they, they, like later on, they told me like, they were a little bit of a scared of me cause you know, <laughs> <laughs> But then, like, uh, when I started talking to them, like, you know, like, we became friends and, yeah. you know, like, we talked a lot of stuff. So that was good. I'm, I'm going to get to uh, your time in Brooklyn and, and your professional career. Let's, let's now use an opportunity to go back to the beginning for you growing up in Yokohama, Japan. What well, was it like? Is that, that the was, area? Yeah, Yokohama is actually where I was born. Okay. And I moved to, uh, it's called the place Kagawa. Uh, when I was two or three years old. And that's where I actually grew up. What kind of a place is that? Is it a, is it a city environment? Is it a rural environment? What was it like? Yeah, I mean, so the Yokohama, uh, where I was born, that's a, that's a big city. Uh, it's near Tokyo, a lot of stuff going on. But the Kagawa, uh, that's like countryside, a mm. lot of uh, mountains, uh, rivers, near the ocean. Hmm. So I grew up in like, you know, a lot of nature. So bat, you know, cause a lot of times kids start playing basketball in urban environments in, in big cities. 
um, where there's, there's a lot of cement and there's a lot of playgrounds. How did you come to start playing basketball? So like my both parents used to play basketball mm-hmm. in Japan. So, I mean, that's why, like, I, I started playing basketball. So, it was in your, it was in your blood already, yeah, basketball. Yeah. Like, I didn't, so, you I started didn't playing even... at a very young age. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that was uh, when I was six years old, I think. And I didn't even think about to play any other sports. I just, you know, straight to basketball. Was it, uh, was it like, did you play for uh, your, your school and things like that? Did they have, I don't know the system there. I know here in the United States, a lot of kids start playing in their schools or in a rec league. Did you start playing in leagues when you were young at that age? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, not for a school, but the area that, that we stayed had a, a little basketball team, had mm-hmm. a basketball team. And my mom was a coach there, actually. So when I was uh, even younger, like when I was four or five years old, I often go to, um, go to see the practice with my mom. And then like when I became six, I started playing. Your mom, uh, Kumi, is how yep, you pronounce yep. it? Mm-hmm. And she, she was a, she was on the national team, correct? Yeah. Right. Right. And did your dad, your dad was a professional as well, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now let me ask you. So were you always, uh, taller than a lot of the kids in your age group? Not really. Uh, especially when I was in like elementary school or, uh, junior high school, I was a little bit taller than average, but you know, I wasn't that high. So like, uh, my parents, my parents were like really tall as a Japanese and, but like, I wasn't like really like getting taller. So like they, 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 they were like, they said like they were worried about it. <laughs> 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 you might have to try another sport. Yeah. Maybe they thought. Did you play any other sports growing up? No, no, only basketball. Only basketball. Because mm-hmm. I know baseball and, and soccer are very popular. Because um, sometimes guys that get taller later, they the, the guys that are in the NBA that were really tall forever, mm-hmm. they become those just overpowering, get the ball down low, score. When you're not that big early on or you hit a late growth spurt, sometimes you develop more of those guard skills, you know, that the dribbling mm-hmm. and the shooting. Is that what went on with you when you were younger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I was actually playing guard because mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't that tall. So yeah, I think that definitely helped. You know, like I'm, I'm 6'9 now, but you yeah. know, I still can um, dribble a little bit. I can shoot, pass. So uh, yeah, that definitely helped. Uh, siblings? Do you have uh, brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a I have an older sister, and she used to play the league in Japan too. So this is a family affair. Everybody's been playing basketball. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. Because of your parents, were there those connections to the U.S.? Is that how you ended up coming to the United States? Yeah. Um. So my my dad friend was a good friend of uh, Coach Queen, who who That's- is a uh, Jerry Quinn, yeah, yep. at St. Thomas More right, Prep right. in Connecticut, which is where mm-hmm. you came in. Jerry's been there for four decades, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah. He's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how I got uh, connected to uh, St. Thomas More. Okay. And I played there for one year. And then I got recruited by uh, George Washington and played for four years. What, the decision to come, so you finished high school in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, were you excited about that? Were you nervous about that? What, were, what was your, your first thoughts on, on coming to the United States to play? Uh, yeah, I was, I was really excited. 
But one thing I was really worrying about was like English, definitely, because like I couldn't speak any English at that time. Really? Yeah. So you learned when you came to the United States? Mm -hmm. Well, we had in school, we had English classes. So we, we learned some words, some grammars, but we never like talk in English. So Hmm. like I didn't really know about the English. So yeah, that, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was hard. Were you with anyone when you came? No, I was by myself. By yourself, right? So mm-hmm. how, how old are you now? You're, 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 I guess, 17, uh, 18? Yeah, I think I was 18. Wow. Just by yourself, come mm-hmm. to Connecticut. Um, were there any other uh, known players on that team at St. Thomas Moore with you? Yeah, I Anybody played. went on to play college, NBA? Yeah, I played with uh, Eric Pascal. Okay. Yeah. He's from my area uh, in Westchester. And, okay. um, and I do know he ended up going, he started at Fordham, mm-hmm, which right. I know that's where I went to school. So I, I, did you think about going to Fordham? Yeah, I got, I got recruited by Fordham too. So my last two choices was either uh, Fordham or GW. Tom Pecora, was he the coach there that time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come on, how come you didn't come to the Bronx? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Fordham, amazing school. You know, I like the coach, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a tough decision though. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. And they weren't very good in the, in the, in the, in the Atlantic, in the, uh, Atlantic 10. They're getting better now, mm-hmm. by the way, as we're taping this, they're eight and one <laughs> this year. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So they're doing well. But Eric Pascal ended up transferred to Villanova and won national championships. So right. that was pretty cool. Uh, so you, so it, he's still, uh, I guess he's a, he was a teammate of yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it attracted you to go to George Washington? Uh, well, I liked the DC, uh, when I visited there and, mm-hmm. um, at that time they had like four or five international players. So I felt really comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. going there as a, as an international guy. Um, like, so like they know how to take care of, uh, international guys, uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like really comfortable, uh, going there. And, and that in, in Washington DC obviously is very international and there's a lot of different people there represented. Mm-hmm. I know uh, even the cherry blossoms are yeah. only there because of the Japanese who right. it was a gift yeah. from your country. So how long did it, did, were you homesick when you first came away? I guess I wasn't like really trying not to think about it. Cause like when I, like I knew like when I start thinking about it, then like, I knew I became, uh, I'm going to become homesick because, you know, I definitely miss my parents, miss my friends, miss Japanese food, stuff like that. So I wasn't, I was just trying not to think about it and just, okay. you know, I tried to live in the moment. Yeah. That's very good, very yeah. good advice for anybody. And that's how you get through tough times, live in mm-hmm. that moment. And, um, obviously it worked out for you very well. Um, your time at George Washington, I, you probably developed uh, I know physically you developed, even mm-hmm. reading some of the things from your time there, defense is what stood out. You were A-10 defensive player of the year one year. Mm-hmm. Where did that develop in your mind? Did you know defense was going to be your path to the NBA? Yeah, I mean, so like when I was in Japan, like I wasn't, I wasn't like a really good defender actually. Cause I mean, I guess I was, cause like I was just in high school, like I was just uh, taller than everybody. So mm-hmm. I was blocking shots and stuff, but when I came to the United States, I realized like, okay, like I'm not the tallest guy anymore. 
So I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta do a better job and uh, like sliding stuff like that. So, I mean, definitely I, I was really working hard even, you know, in Japan. But then like I, when I came to US, I had to do like even harder. How, how much did you follow the NBA game when you were in Japan, when you were a kid growing up? Were you exposed to it a lot? Were there, were there, was there a team you liked? Was there, were there people that, you know, inspired you to maybe come to the NBA? Just thinking of like when that NBA dream kind of started for you. I think that was, uh, when I was, uh, seven or eight years old. Um, like I knew like my dad was always watching the basketball game, uh, when I was a kid. And one time, like, you know, I sat down with him and I asked him, like, Dad, what are you watching? And he said, uh, oh, this is the NBA, the best league in the world. And I think that was, uh, I forgot, uh, that was a Lakers game against somebody. I forgot who was that. But then, like, I watched Kobe Bryant and I was like, wow, like, I, I want to be like this guy. I want to be an mm-hmm. NBA player like him. So that, that's the first time, and, you know, I started dreaming NBA. Wow. So like seven, eight years old. Yeah. yeah. You start thinking about that. And mm-hmm. I guess because your family, your, your parents had played, it was something that, you know, basketball was a big part of it. And uh, it was probably hard to follow the NBA, right? Because those games were on late, very late at night, right? Yeah. So obviously, like we couldn't watch it live. Yeah. But you would be able to see it mm-hmm. the next day or something. Right. Okay. So Kobe, was Kobe a big, uh, was playing at that time? Yep, yep. Big influence. Was Shaq yep. on that team yet, or was he out? Already? Yeah, he was. He was. Shaq. He was still on the team. So, would you go to emulate? Uh, you know, go out to the to the gym and try and do the things that Kobe would do? Were you oh yeah, yeah. Team? I did. Uh, I did a lot of uh, like fadeaways and stuff. I tried, but you know, it didn't work out for me. But <laughs> I did tried. You have, but... Did you ever have a chance to meet him before he passed? Nah, nah. Oh, you did. Unfortunately, no. Nah. Wow. Uh, so you're at George, you're at George Washington, and you go through. You're the first Japanese-born player to earn a Division One scholarship, uh, even before Rui Hachimura. Did you Did you know Rui yeah, in Japan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I met him when he was still in high school. I was sophomore in college, I think. Hmm. So yeah, I I know I know him since you know he 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 was kid. Uh, he was uh, like high school. Did he seek guidance from you? Coming, uh, you know, he's younger. Did he, did he often reach out to you and did you have a relationship when he came to the United States? Yeah. I mean, um, so like when I met him first time, he told me that he already decided to, uh, go to a uh, college in the U.S. So uh, yeah, I gave him, uh, some advices, um, and something like, you know, like he should do while he's in Japan yeah. and stuff like that. And he chose to go to Gonzaga, which is all the way out in the Pacific Northwest, but obviously closer to home. Mm-hmm. For him, I'm sure that made it a little easier for him. Um, your your breakout game this year, I thought. Uh, I mean, you'd played well, but that game in Washington, and Rui played in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, had you had you gone against him in your previous stops in Memphis and Toronto? Had you had you gotten a chance to to both be playing and and going against one another? Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that wasn't the first time we actually yeah. uh, played against each other. But I would say that was the first time, um, you know, I was uh, actually a rotation guy. I mean, yeah. he's been he's been playing a lot of minutes, yes. so yeah, it was it was always me. Uh, like when I was in Memphis, I, like I played for like four or five minutes. Uh, but yeah. I guess that was because you know. 
Um, but in the, but in that game in Washington earlier this season, it, there were there were many times where you guys were matched up with mm-hmm. one another, and like you said, uh, you're you're in the rotation. He was in the rotation. I know the last time they played here in uh, and when they came to Brooklyn, he was hurt. And he didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, but that must have been cool though to be, to be going against him and knowing that you're playing a role and and the Nets were winning that game pretty yeah pretty yeah so that, too. that was uh, that was really fun uh, I really enjoyed um, I really enjoyed that game uh, your your uh, your time now in Brooklyn you, you mentioned that you were just hoping to make the team and now suddenly you're you're involved there I know there was that that two game stretch there was the game in Washington and then the very next night against Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, it was right after the coaching change. Uh, you guys are starting to kind of, you know, Kyrie was out. So you mm-hmm. guys were trying to, you know, it was Kevin Durant and Kevin was very energized. And I remember that game against Charlotte, you're playing with the closing lineup. You're there at the end of the game. Kevin hit you with a couple of passes in the corner, your, your corner three, which is, I think you're like 16 for 21 this year from the corner, yeah. which is amazing, <laughs> which is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and after the game, Jacques Vaughn said, Utah, have you met Kevin? You know, like you guys, he, he implying that you guys didn't even really know each other. I guess though, and I, I thought that was odd, but at the same time, I guess you probably hadn't had a lot of time to interact, right? At that right. point? I mean, yeah. You, you knew each like, other, but yeah, yeah, you didn't spend a lot of time together. Yeah, like I thought, I thought he meant like, he, he meant something like, have I met? Uh, K before this season. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, like, I have played against him, but, like, we never really sat down, you know, talked and, like, talking to each other. So, like, you know, I said no, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's really, uh, uh, it's really feeling good that, um, he can trust me on the court. So it's great. Yeah. You have to earn that trust with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, what are some things that he's, he's, he seems to be very vocal with you. What are mm-hmm. some of the things that he has shared with you to try and help you? Well, he just, uh, keeps telling me to, uh, shoot with the confident and like someone, someone like KD tell me to shoot, then I gotta shoot. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he's, he's just giving me uh, some great advices. And he's such a great passer. Right. You know, people right. don't think about that with him, but he always seems to make the right basketball mm-hmm, play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just have to be in the uh, right spot. Yeah, I mean that's why he's uh, uh, one of the best players in the history. So, when you take the floor, and when you first jumped into rotation here, and, and you weren't a rotation player when they gave you an opportunity to play, um, what are the things in your mind? Were you, is it I have to make a three? Are you putting pressure on yourself there? Is it just defend? What are kind of the things that are going through your mind when you're first getting on the floor and thinking, all right, I want to stay here. Uh, I guess, uh, I gotta, I gotta start with the defense, you know, um, cause I don't play defense, obviously I don't get minute. So, uh, start with the defense, play with, uh, play with energy, uh, just work hard, uh, be smart. And, you know, shooting sometimes like it's not going to fall every time. So, but, um, like KD always tell me just shoot with the confidence when I'm, when I'm open. So that's, that's a few things that, that was in mind in my mind. How about adjusting to the way the Nets play defensively and the, the scheme? Was that an adjustment for you? Did you take to that right away? What, what do you feel is the, is it makes it a, your, your strengths seem to play into that scheme? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of my strengths is, uh, to, that I can guard, uh, multiple positions. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've been, we've been switching, uh, we've been using switching a lot, uh, lately. So sure. I guess, uh, that's definitely, um, um, helped me because like I can, I can play one, like I can, I can play four. Sometimes I was playing, uh, I've been playing five. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So that, that, uh, that defensive scheme, uh, really helping me right now, right now. Uh, your, your time in Brooklyn off the court, uh, have you had much time to, explore have you spent a lot of time in new york city and in and in brooklyn not a lot but i mean you know i don't besides coming to a, a, a practice facility or arena i don't really go outside you know i'm a i'm a guy who just stay in my room yeah they like yeah. they like to say yeah now I like, you can, yeah okay no, no i just like to chill um <laughs> in my room so but yeah, right. so, yeah. Now, uh, you you got married though mm-hmm. back in May, uh, Akiko. Yeah, who I met at the uh, Barclays Center tenth uh, anniversary event. Um, she was a television presenter in Japan, mm-hmm. right? Is she still looking to do that stuff? Uh, no, no, not anymore. No. Retiring. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, did now she? When did she come to the United States? Where did you meet her? Well, uh, I met her when she was still, uh, doing the, doing her job. Uh, mm. and she interviewed me like back in like 2019 or something. Oh, okay. So she was here. She was living in the United States. Now. Yes. She, now. She's in, yeah. She's in us now. Oh, at the time was she in Japan? At the time that was, I was, you know, I went back to Japan in the summertime okay. and she was in Japan and she, she, she's never came to us um till like this may or something so wow yeah wow so that's a so she now obviously when you're on the road you're playing i mean she's home does she have support does she have people in, in that she knows here in brooklyn and new york city well she she knows a uh, few people but uh she just always you know by herself going like Manhattan or like just explore, exploring. Yeah. So, uh, more so I, than you, you like yeah, to stay yeah. home. She likes yeah. to get out. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, though. She, that, she, yeah, she loves enjoying the uh, time in the Brooklyn. That's right. It always takes balance, right? Every in a husband and wife, you have to, there's gotta be a little <laughs> balance. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get home a lot during the off season? Are you able to go home to Japan? Yeah. Uh, I go home for like, maybe like a couple of weeks. How has it changed now when you go back for you and the way people see you and approach you? Yeah. So I can't, <laughs> like, I can't really, um, go outside, you know, um, uh, cause a lot of people, uh, recognize me, but you know, it's, it's good. It's great though. Um, you know, when I walk in, when I walk in the street, uh, people always come to say hi, like asking a picture, autograph, stuff like that. So I really, um, you know, appreciate those support. And meanwhile, in the United States and in New York, you could probably walk around and people, you're anonymous. I mean, people really don't know, right? I mean, you may get recognized now a little bit in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it, it was it, uh, is it, was it shocking for you when you went back to see how did it, did it give you a sense of, how important your playing in the NBA maybe was to, to people in Japan? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, also like, just because I'm like super tall as Japanese. You stand out a little bit. Yeah, like 
people in Japan, like people look at me like, like what, the, what is going on? Like, <laughs> you know, like people, uh, who don't know me, like even like staring at me, like, what, yeah. what is this guy doing? It's so, <laughs> Does that make it easier for you to be in the United States where you kind of don't stand out as much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, There's other tall people. Right. And <laughs> people people don't really stare at me. Well, you realize people, especially in New York, they're, they're not really that yeah, they taken back by I, I, yeah. celebrities or anybody. They're, people in New York are kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care about me. So it's good. <laughs> well, they care, but they don't show it. Um, <laughs> do you get how? how do you get a sense though? Is it important from in Japan? Like you're one of only three guys that have ever played in the NBA mm-hmm. from the country. Um, that must be a very gratifying feeling for you, and and a, and a sense of pride for you. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I'm really proud of what I've been doing right now um, with Rui, because uh, you know when I was growing up, uh, like I said, there was uh, only one. Um, Japanese Yuta Tabuse uh, played in the league. Mm-hmm. So it, it was almost like people think like it's impossible for Japanese to make it to the league. But now I think a lot of kids in Japan watching me and Rui uh, play in the league. So I just want, I just want them to, you know, feel like it's, it's possible to make it to the league. I know you went to visit a high school in Brooklyn for Japanese uh, students. And mm-hmm. you played some basketball with them. You walked in and I remember you said something like you didn't know if they were going to even know who you were yet. They went crazy when they saw you. So that must have, yeah. when you saw that, that must have really kind of put it in perspective for you a little bit. Yeah. 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 And you know, um, yeah, they, they were like really crazy. Uh, like when, they, when they see me. And so that, that was, uh, and that was, I, I had, a, I had an amazing time, you know, just playing basketball. Yeah. Uh, you were taking uh, some of those kids to the hole. I saw Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you weren't being shy. (laughs) You weren't being shy. (laughs) You know, you talked about uh, Japanese people being shy and kind of reserved. Um, you're, you, you show your emotion on the court, you know, you're pumping your fists. You're, you're, you're flexing a little bit. You do the, the three to the dome, like Carmelo a little bit. Um, is that, were you always like that? Is that something that playing in the United States maybe brought that out of you? Are you an emotional type person? Um, I guess I was even like when I was in Japan, but it definitely, uh, you know, I, I'm doing definitely more than hmm. uh, when I was in Japan though. Did your, still, teammates, course, used to get, did your yeah. teammates used to try and uh, in college, they used to tell you, you, you needed to, to do a little more? Yeah, uh, yeah, one of my teammates, uh, when I was a freshman, um, one of my teammates told me that, like, when you, when you make shots, like, you gotta, you gotta show more, like, emotion, <laughs> like, <laughs> cause, you know, I'm, I'm a quiet guy, you know, especially off court. Um, yeah. uh, I don't really, like, 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 I'm, I, I think I'm a shy guy, but, um, but on the court, like, you know, uh, I yeah. can't be shy, so. And it, but it's got to be natural. I mean, you're not, I, I see you get excited after you make a three. Mm-hmm. That's something that's in you. And it's good to have that outlet, right? I always feel like I'm, I'm the same way. I'm very, uh, I'm very soft-spoken when I'm around people sometimes and everything. But when I'm on doing a game, I'm excited and I'm yelling and I'm, you know, Watanabe from three, it's mm-hmm. good, you know, and I'm going crazy. It's like, that's my chance to kind of let it out. You feel like that on the court is your chance to kind of, let that emotion out for you a little bit? 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't even think about it, you know? Yeah, I just, exactly. You know, let them, let my uh, body or let my emotion go. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. And I, and I saw you, uh, coming out of the building one day, you know, you, you didn't even have a car. You rode up in the elevator for the cars with your wife and just, and you just walked out <laughs> and there were all these kids that were standing around and they had, they had Watanabe jerseys mm-hmm, that they wanted mm-hmm. you to sign and you stopped and you signed for them. Um, that must've been, uh, a nice moment for you. Yeah. To yeah, see that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I always really appreciate, you know, fans showing the support. So, you know, every time I see, uh, I see my jersey, you know, I got to sign them. <laughs> That's, they, they're waiting outside for with those jerseys, man. Yeah. Right. You're gonna, you're gonna do it. And it's, uh, yeah. and it's great that, uh, that, that they're so welcoming to you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we hope it goes on. Now, I, I, I just have one thing I want to end this with. Um, I, I like to end it, all, all the people on the show here, uh, to get a little insight into them personally. I, I refer to this speech that was made uh, many years ago by a college coach named Jim Balvano. I don't know if you know, Jim Balvano was a coach at uh, NC State and they won a championship, famous uh, buzzer beater shot. And he ran around the court like crazy, looking for somebody to hug. And um, he ended up getting cancer. And he and he he was at the ESPYs. And they now have the Jimmy V Fund, which raises money for cancer research. But he gave this very famous speech at the ESPYs about never give up. You may have seen it at, at some point. Um, and he said, to live a full life, everyone should do three things every day. One is laugh. One is is cry whether happy or sad, moved emotion emotionally. And the other is think, spend some time in, in deep thought. And he said, if you can do those three things, you can, you can live a great life every day. So I, I, I like to ask my subject. So Utah Watanabe, mm-hmm. what, what or who or something, what makes you laugh? What's the kind of thing that makes you laugh? Uh, comedy, I think. Like a movie, show. you have a yeah. you have a favorite you have a favorite uh, comedy movie. Um, well, movie, I don't know, but I mean, I I always watch uh, uh, Japanese comedy shows, so it's uh, some of those Japanese. Yeah. I've seen some of the Japanese talk shows that are like the 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 the, the, the primetime talk shows. They're crazy, yeah, right? A lot of lot of stuff going on. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I always you love laugh that stuff. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, like the like the Jimmy Kimmel of uh, of of Japan. Like they just do outrageous. There's like seventy people on stage. There's a million things going on. They get very. <laughs> I've seen American actors go on there, and they're asking them all kinds of crazy questions. Right? It's it's wild. Um, the other part, emotionally, I don't know if you're a crier. I don't know. I know I could watch a commercial on TV, and I can get a little worked up. Um, is there something that moves you to tears, whether happy or sad, or maybe recently that you've seen? Um, cry. Maybe you're not a crier. It's okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, let me think. When you went back home, when you see your parents, things like that, did that did that make you emotional? Or when you leave, because I know you end up leaving for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I don't 
I don't cry, but definitely. Um, well, not so much the tears, just yeah, feel the yeah, emotion. It become, yeah, especially like when I when I leave, my dad's really is showing uh, his emotion, but like my mom is always, I know like she's always uh, put the smile on her face, but I can tell inside like she's gonna she's gonna miss me and stuff like that. So yeah, like when they, I when I when I leave, yeah. Have they? Did they come to the United States to see you play? Uh, not recently though, because of the um, uh, COVID. But yeah. uh, they said they already booked the flight uh, for the um, uh, February. So oh, awesome! Uh, yeah, I'm gonna see them in like three months, two months. Oh, that's great. Uh, the think part of this, you know, there's that uh, video board outside the arena, the Oculus, they call it the circular video board. And everyone who's coming through the subway, coming up or coming into the arena, thousands of people get to see what's on that board. If you could put a message there for people to make them something they want to think about, something you'd like to express to as many people as you possibly could, Utah Watanabe, what do you think that might be? Okay, so can you? So like, uh, is something that you would like people to think about. Maybe it's a phrase, maybe something that stayed with you in, in your journey to the NBA that you would want other people to know and to think about. Um, what was something you would, you would put up on that message board? Um, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just like ask them, like, are you happy? Because, you know, I've been, I've been through like a lot of uh, tough situations. Uh, I've been through like... A uh, lot of a uh, lot of stuff, but you know, I'm always a happy guy, and just being happy makes me happy. So, yeah. Uh, and if you're not, why not? Yeah, and make those changes. Mm-hmm. Life's too short, right? Right. Enjoy. So, it. Just be happy. If you're not happy, find happiness. We've had a lot of people have answered this question, and I I don't think anything's just more poignant or better than that. Yuta, I really appreciate you doing yeah. this. Uh, best of luck to you getting back out on the floor and uh, I'm, I'm happy you did this and I thank you so much. Yeah, and thank good you. Good luck the rest of the way. Appreciate it. Thank you. I really enjoyed that. Thanks so much to Utah Watanabe. And uh, now we'll pivot to a man who's around the Nets all the time because Utah is, is in Brooklyn and he's covering them for NBA.com Japan and Yahoo Japan. Daisuke Shigura, who has been around the NBA for decades now, another guy who left Japan as a young man, just out of college, to come pursue his dreams in the United States. Here's the conversation with Daisuke here on The Voice of the Nets. Pronounce your name the way you say it. Daisuke? Daisuke. Daisuke. Yeah. Are you like one name, like Pele, or you just go to two names? Oh, Daisuke Sugiura. Daisuke is my first name, and uh, I don't have a middle name, Daisuke Sugiura. So you just go by Daisuke? Daisuke, yeah. Most of the big celebrities go by one name. (laughs) You know that, right? (laughs) Well, I'm not that level yet, I guess, yeah. (laughs) You guys are rolling, right, on this? I want to make sure, yeah, we might might start that way. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Daisuke, I've seen you around for so many years. Mm -hmm. Um, Normally... If we have a a Japanese player, Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see you a lot more. Um, I want to start where we are right now, and then we're going to work backwards to your way. Uh, The the Nets obviously have Yuta Watanabe, who's uh, 
been a sensation so far mm-hmm. through the early Boy. part of the season is he's been around the league for this is his fifth season right now. It's yes. always kind of been a tryout though for him. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he's performed in this early part of the season for the Nets is this part of the growth that you've seen? Did you expect this? Was it a surprise? How do you see this early part of the season? Well, uh, I, yeah, I know him for a long, long time. You know, I cover his college days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, I knew that he's capable of playing like, you know, he's a legit NBA player. I know that. Mm. Last, even last year in Toronto, he actually played so well. He, he had a, you know, some very unfortunate injuries. But besides that, he mostly played well. And uh, I thought the fit is very good in Brooklyn Nets, you know. Like, you guys have three superstars, mm. but, uh, you know, you need a defender and uh, you need a good shooter. And uh, I thought Yuta Watanabe is exactly like that. That being said, he's, he's shooting like that. You know, his three-point percentage right now is like 57%. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, safe <laughs> to say he exceeded my expectation too. <laughs> It, it, how, what, you know, when he he was uh, a great defensive player mm-hmm. at at in in college at right. uh, at George Washington, he was Atlantic Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Right. I would imagine that that was the way he knew he was going to make it in the NBA. Like mm-hmm. if he can defend and shoot the three, he mm-hmm. might find a place. Why? Right. Yeah. In order for you to play in the NBA, you have to do something outstanding. Mm. And, uh, you know, defense was his calling card. At first, yeah, I saw him for the first time in eight years ago. He was just so skinny and mm. he was very tall and uh, he was, he could do a lot of things. He could do a little bit of everything, but he was so skinny and uh, physically he wasn't strong. But that uh, every year, you know, he got better, he got stronger. And between, I think, uh, sophomore and the junior, his defense got so much better. And uh, he became one of the best defenders in the uh, Atlantic 10 Conference. And uh, as you said, that he won the award. At that time, I started to think, oh, this guy might be making the NBA someday. And here he is, and he's excelled. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the, the popularity of the NBA in Japan, how would you compare it to something here for American fans? Well, the NBA is uh, one of the four major sports here, right? Mm-hmm. MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL. In Japan, well, I don't say it's quite the same. You know, baseball, obviously, is baseball and the soccer is obviously the top sports. And uh, basketball is a little bit of, you know. The NBA, though, specifically. So there's a there's a Japanese professional league. Mm-hmm. Is it is that more popular than the NBA, or is the NBA more popular? Well, it's very hard to say. Uh, yeah, because I compare it to. I, I would think it's almost like um, you know, soccer is very popular in the United States, and but maybe perhaps the MLS mm-hmm. is not as popular with some as as the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal when a Christian Pulisic is playing with, you know, Chelsea, mm-hmm. which is one of the premier organizations in the world in the Premier League right. of the world. And I was just curious if, you know, Utah Watanabe playing mm-hmm. in the NBA is that is that viewed similarly to like a soccer player in the United States playing over in England or is it even a higher 
level, you think? Yeah, I think it's similar, kind of similar to the, you know, obviously soccer player, as you said, or major league baseball players, you know, coming from Japan and playing here. Wow. But the difference is we have only, uh, so far, only three Japanese NBA players. Yeah. You know, one is Yuta Tabuse and Yuta Watanabe, then Rui Hachimura, you know, only three players. And uh, because, you know, it's great, you know, we have like three NBA players, but because we have only three, many sports fans in Japan are not really familiar with the NBA just mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, that's my opinion. But I would imagine you being here, that's one of the things you're, that you try and do and you're, mm-hmm. the companies that you write for. Right. You know, you're a freelance writer. You, 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 you're trying to grow, mm-hmm. you know, by covering Utah and the Japanese players, grow the popularity of the NBA over in Japan. Exactly. And uh, you, you probably only see me, you know, so far. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for like 15 years. Usually yeah. I'm the only one here. And, uh, you know, there are... Uh, Two other people, two other people in LA, you know. But this year and the last few years, because we have Japanese players, you probably see, you know, a few more Japanese media here, Mm. you know. So we are trying very hard to, you know, grow that. What about you? How did did you um, come to uh, the United States? I know you you came over just after college. What were the, what was the, the seed of why you wanted to come here? Well, Yes, uh, I graduated university in Japan. Uh, it was 1999. And uh, I always wanted to become a sports writer, like a sports journalist. And uh, my goal was like, you know, not just regular sports writer. I wanted to become international sports writer okay. you know, for some reason. You, you wanted know. to get out of Japan and come right. yeah. but, branch uh, out. I was very young. It's kind of silly to think like that because I, I haven't really accomplished anything in Japan. Well, I just graduated. But I already wanted to become a, like, international sports writer. To me, like, you know, like, uh, <laughs> it's been a while. Was it because you were more interested in the sports outside of the Japanese uh, professional leagues? Right, exactly. Yeah. I, I really like the MLB. I, right now, I cover three sports, MLB, NBA, and uh, boxing, you yeah. know. And, uh, yeah, I always liked... American, you know, American baseball, basketball, and, uh, you know, boxing. So that's were, you, were you different from your friends and the kids that you grew up with in, in liking those sports, American sports? Probably, you know, yeah. yeah. You know, when I was, uh, when I was younger, we didn't have any, you know, major league, Japanese major league. No, Hideo Nomo is a pioneer, mm-hmm. 1994, I think. And after that, Major League became, became more familiar for us. But when I was younger, when I was like a, you know, kid, yeah, you know, like, yeah, playing in United States and, uh, you know, cover them as a sports writer. No, no. Had you ever been to this country before you came uh, after college? Uh, oh, I mean, you mean? Had you visited? Oh, uh, before that. Yeah, 1996, I came here, you know, just stay here for 10 days and, uh, you know. Uh, f- for some reason, I felt, oh, okay, this is a place. I should come here. <laughs> so you knew. You knew. Yeah, I knew that. What was it about the NBA when you were when you were younger? Was there something in the NBA that you followed that that you know ignited your passion? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this answer is kind of boring, but uh, probably <laughs> Michael Jordan, <laughs> All right. the Chicago Bulls. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jordan and the Bulls was. Yes, very popular in Japan, you know. At that time, 
NB actually became a popular for like, you know, four or five years, I think. Yeah. yeah mostly because with Michael Jordan. Yeah, What about the big. Dream Team in 92? Did that have a big effect in Japan? And because I know it inspired,、uh, it inspired generations、mm-hmm. of European athletes. I mean,、mm-hmm. even,、uh, you know, a lot of the Eastern European athletes. I mean, when those players and that team played in Barcelona,、mm-hmm. it just, you could see all the, you could see it now. You know, you see the, the players、right. in the league now were guys that were little kids that、mm-hmm. were inspired by that team. Mm-hmm. Yes,、uh, it's more for, I think, European people. Yeah. But、uh, yeah, in Japan also, I'm sure that some, peop- some, some kids probably watch the you know, Olympic Games. Olympic is huge. you know. Japanese、sure. people are crazy about Olympic Games. Yeah. And,、uh, yeah, some of them probably watch the team, you know, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Rally, but oh my God, that's a, <laughs> that's a great team.、So. Yeah, no, and, you, and you, so you, you came here, and I would imagine. It was a courageous decision on your part、mm-hmm. to move away from your family and your friends all the way across the world.、Um, did it feel courageous at that time? Did it feel like something you just had to do? Like you said, you, were, you, were,、uh, you had dreams.、Yeah. Um, did you think you would still you would have been here this long, or did you think it was going to be for a short period of time when you came? Oh, Uh, yeah, I was very young and、uh, I didn't know much about anything. And,、uh, I don't know why I felt this is a place I'm supposed to be, I was supposed to be. So I. Was it New York you came to? New York, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, you know, since like 18 or 19, I always say, okay, I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to become a, you know, professional international sports writer. You did it. <laughs> yeah, well, I did you it. You did it. You know? You've lived but, that dream.、Uh, yeah, but sometimes、uh, from Japan, people ask me that how. How do you become, how do you, how can I become a sports writer? Blah, 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 blah. So I tell them that I don't recommend what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Not、yeah. for everybody. Not for everyone.、Uh, you know, I, was, I was probably lucky. Do you, did you, do you know a lot of others who maybe have tried? Well, probably a few people, but it's not really realistic. You know, it's what was、easy. the key for you to, 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 to get to New York to adjust? And to get to where you are right now, I would imagine culturally, obviously, it's a huge difference.、Mm-hmm. Um, what, did, what did it take、mm-hmm. for you to do it? Yeah,、uh, usually people focus on language. You know, speaking English is very important.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, that's true. Where did you learn? Where did you, how, did, when, how old were you when you started speaking English?、Uh, we, we actually studied English in high school and、uh, university. So、okay. I did. And the junior high school too, but、uh, I wasn't, you know, yeah, it's, it's not easy to run,、yeah. you know, study. So、English. the language is one thing. What else? What do you think?、Uh, like, yeah, I think you have to be outgoing, you have to be friendly,、yeah. and,、uh, you know, yeah, like communication skill is very important. It's, I think communication skill is maybe more important than language. You know, if you have a communication skill, even if, you know, English、yeah. is a little, you know, You don't speak English very well, you can still communicate if you have a communication skill.、Mm, that's my theory, actually. Culturally, what was the biggest adjustment when you came? Well, you're, you're, I mean, you're from a big city in Tokyo.、Mm-hmm. So, what was the big adjustment? You know, how, 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 I guess I could say how similar is New York to Tokyo and how different、yeah. is it? I think it's very similar. The big, all the big cities、uh, to me, you know, Tokyo and、uh, you know, New York is very similar. Again, the language is different and the food is probably a little different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have a bunch of good food, nice food in Japan. And,、uh, you know, I need some adjustment for that. But besides that, I've been, 
I've been comfortable in New York. And, uh, you know, I, I got married five years, uh, six years ago. And uh, my wife actually adjusted very quickly, you yeah. know. So Was she from Japan or you met her here? Uh, we met in Japan. You yes. met in Japan. Yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. that, that helps too, that you similar going, you have somebody to share that experience with. Exactly, um, yes. And, and you, you mentioned that you want to be an international mm-hmm. sports writer, which you're covering Japanese players. Right. But um, do you feel that there's more for you to do? Do you, what's your, what are sort of your career goals beyond what you're doing right now? Well, I don't know what my career goal. That's actually a good question. Actually, being international sports writer, it, this is already dream came true. <laughs> so my next you did. goal. You got yeah. it. There's a, there's a movie in the United States called Broadcast News. Uh-huh. I don't know if you have known that no. movie, William Hurt. Uh-huh. And there's a great line when uh, he says to him, he says to the one guy, what do you do mm-hmm. when your reality exceeds your dreams? And the other guy says to him, you keep it to yourself. <laughs> In other words, <laughs> uh, that doesn't happen to a lot of people. That's right. a very exciting thing that you feel like you've accomplished what you want to accomplish. Uh-huh. Yeah, right now I'm doing what I really wanted. And, uh, you know, right now I'm invited to your podcast. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, is, you've made so, it now. <laughs> Daisuke, you've made it. So am I that, like a fast Japanese guest? You are. You oh, are. Okay. The first I'm a pioneer. Guest. So this yes. is. <laughs> yes. Even we're doing this before we even speak to Utah. Okay. So you are. You are the first. Oh, um, okay. You. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's an American thing sometimes where you uh, you're never satisfied with your position in life. Mm-hmm. Is is that similar in Japan or is that different? Yeah, I think it's similar. That's a reason actually that that bunch of athletes come from Japan, you mm-hmm. know, like, a, for example, like a Shohei Otani. He was already superstar in Japan and he wasn't satisfied. So he came here and he won the MVP. And also Rui Hachimura, Yuta Watanabe. I think it's the same thing, you know, they look for excellence, you know, sure. always wants to get better. Yeah. I mean, the, you make too high level, but you always want mm-hmm. more. And I always think about that. Even as, as high as you get, you're always wanting more. Right. And other sports interest you? Oh, I love. I know you cover boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. That has a a pretty international feel. Boxing, right? right. There isn't just kind of one uh, league in one country that stands out. It's really an international sport. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, boxing is actually my favorite sport to cover because really? you know it's very nice to. It's really fun to talk to boxers. They sometimes say crazy things, you know. <laughs> yeah, they want to talk to us, you know. They usually fight only twice in a year, and they want to talk to us. And the, the interview is usually very fun, and the, yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. No, I've always enjoyed talking to uh, guys like Danny Jacobs, uh-huh. who's from yeah, Brooklyn. Such a nice guy, I know. Right, yeah. great guy, great story. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, I. They, they are prone to say some crazy things. <laughs> Part of it is how they promote their fights, though. Right, they right? have to I promote mean, themselves. Yeah, yeah. they've mm-hmm. got to really uh, say some outrageous things to get you to uh, to want to buy that fight. Um, what about the whole O'Shea, uh, uh, Otani? Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned him before. Mm-hmm. Japanese baseball is very popular. They're the league, the Japanese what? league, correct? Mm-hmm. And a lot of American players over the years go over to play right, in yeah. Japan. Mm-hmm. Is, is is baseball the most popular sport 
in Japan? I would say so. And uh, Saka, especially right now, they're... Oh, the as we tape this, the World Cup is... Uh, Japan right. was very good coming off a win yeah. against... Uh, oh, yeah. They beat uh, Spain, Spain and uh, German. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're, they're, they are... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they are making a making a splash now here in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, is Otani the most famous or most popular athlete right. in Japan right now? Right now, I would say so. Shohei Otani and uh, uh, and the guy named Hanyu, he's a, a figure skating superstar. Okay. Uh, he was also very popular, but I think he retired from the competition. So as of now, right now, I think Shohei Otani is uh, the biggest guy. Yeah. You know, we saw Utah Watanabe go play at a high school recently mm-hmm. in in New York, a, a Japanese high school, and he was he was self deprecating and joking that he hoped that they would have recognized him when he walked in or who he was. <laughs> so, if, if, is Utah popular in a way that if he walked into downtown Tokyo right now, would he get recognized by a lot of people? Oh yeah, because he's so tall. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. It's obvious to see that he's a yeah. basketball player. Well, but uh, yeah, but no, it's one thing to be identified as you must be a you must be a basketball player as opposed mm-hmm. to there's Utah Watanabe. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, one of the big reasons he played for the national team last year yeah. for the Tokyo Olympics, and uh, as I said, Olympics game. Uh, Japanese people are crazy about the Olympics game, mm. and. Uh, you know, he was one of the best players of the national team. So people recognize him, you know. And uh, yeah, obviously another reason is he's been in the NBA top league in the world. He, he's been here for five years and a lot of people recognize him. Is, are, is uh, Rui Hachimura going to play in, uh, with Utah in, uh, on mm-hmm. the national team? Why? Right. Yes. That's a good base right. for the yeah. national team, two good players. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when the uh, Wizards were in town recently, we didn't get to see right. that matchup because Rui was uh, was injured, but we did see it the first game this mm-hmm. year. Right. And Utah played really well oh, yeah. in that game too. I'm sure, <laughs> well, do you think there was a little extra when he was going up against Rui? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he would say no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he usually plays extremely hard every single game, every single positions. But yeah, probably, you know, something to do it. Yeah. And modesty is a, is a trait mm-hmm. of Japanese people. Right? right. So I would imagine, uh, yeah, he's not going to do so much trash talking. Right. No, not I like a boxer. So. I don't think so. <laughs> but he does show emotion. Uh huh. Yeah. He's a very emotional guy on the court, you know. I know in college they used to make fun of his his teammates made fun of him a little bit because they thought it was a little too simple. His celebration was just a he would punch the air. They would try and make him do a little more. And we saw some two arm <laughs> flexing from him when he's making threes here. <laughs> uh, Daisuke, you know, I want a couple of things about just to, to finish up here with you and okay. in your career. Uh-huh. Um, do you see more? Japanese players? Is, is Utah inspiring another generation? Mm-hmm. Do you see some more people down the pipeline? And, and do you think we'll see uh, an increase in NBA players from Japan in the coming years? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I I actually think those two guys, Louis and uh, Utah, mm-hmm. they might be exception, but I might really? think like that. That being said, you know, a lot of kids, younger generation, wants to become like them. And uh, in future, I think, yeah, it's possible that, uh, you know, we have, we're going to have a more Japanese player. It's entirely possible. Do you see, but are there any guys like that are college players now or maybe on the national team that you see in the next couple of years? 
Uh, there are a few guys. One guy named the Keisei Tominaga. He played for Nebraska, you know, okay. and uh, the, uh, Fred Hoiberg. And uh, he's a, he's a very good shooter. Yuta told me that, uh, Keisei might be one of the best shooter he ever seen. And, uh, wow. you know, but yeah, I think he has a shot. And, uh, there are a few guys. Yes. All right. And now from a personal standpoint, mm-hmm. what's your favorite thing about being in the United States? Wow. That's a good question. You know, I love this job. And, uh, you know, I cover, I cover the Yankees, I cover the Mets and the Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks. And, uh, you know, I also attend some, you know, big boxing fight. Well, you know, being able to watch the sports, major sports regularly. That's actually, that's my favorite thing in New York City. And what do you miss most about home? Uh, my family. I've been here for almost like 20, 20, 22 years. And uh, actually, I feel this is my home. I was right just about now. to say that. I, uh-huh. When I say, what do you miss about home? You kind of probably probably consider mm-hmm. this home, right? Why, yeah. But what do you miss more about Japan? Uh-huh. And maybe from a cultural standpoint. Uh, food. Yeah. <laughs> Japanese food are amazing. You ever been there? I've never been, no. Oh, yeah. You are missing out. <laughs> Bunch of nice food, you know. What, is there some place in uh, New York that you would recommend if someone wants food that is authentic from Japan? Authentic. Uh, that reminds you of, of Japan. It's not easy to find authentic Japanese food. My wife is very Good cook, and <laughs> she, she usually cook very authentic Japanese food, and that's my favorite. <laughs> what is considered authentic Japanese food? Well, you know that when you think about sushi, sushi, yeah, you you probably think California roll is a, you know, <laughs> yeah. authentic sushi, spicy tuna roll. Why? Right. I never yeah. seen. I when I was in Japan, I never seen California roll, Boston roll, <laughs> no. Philadelphia roll, tempura no. roll. It's no, not that sushi. Doesn't exist you know? there. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Why? Yeah. So it, it's I, like you don't really get chicken parmesan in Italy either. Okay. Yeah, I <laughs> didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you know, the mm-hmm. same way it is here. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. So it's not very easy to find authentic Japanese food in New York City. So. Mm-hmm. All right. I end all with all of my subjects uh-huh. on the podcast, and I wouldn't want to deny you this opportunity, Dice uh-huh. K. Okay. Um, I bring up the old, uh, remember Jim Balvano, the, the coach of North Carolina State, mm-hmm. um, when he had that speech at the ESPYs that year, we talked about never Very give up. Speech, it's yeah. always been really important to me in my life. Mm-hmm. And he said in that speech that there are three things that someone needs to do every day to live a full life. Mm-hmm. He said they need to laugh, mm-hmm. to cry, mm-hmm. move to tears, move your emotions to tears, and uh, think, spend mm-hmm. some time and thought. So Dice K, what, makes you laugh? What or who makes you laugh? Mm-hmm. I have a five-year-old daughter, you know, she makes me smile every single day, <laughs> you know. The, my favorite time of the day is picking up my daughter from the school. Oh. She's still five, so she she still talks to me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> she, she still loves me, <laughs> and every time she sees me, she smiles like she's the happiest girl in the world. That's a, that's a moment. That's my favorite favorite time of the day. That is that is great. What mm-hmm. about what makes you? It could be the same answer, but what makes you cry? Do you uh, cry? I don't, I can cry at a good commercial. Uh-huh. I don't mean you know. It doesn't mean <laughs> I'm wailing where I need a tissue, but you know maybe it just uh-huh. mo- stirs me a little bit that I mm-hmm. feel something. Would anything do that for you? 
Uh, I don't cry very often. I don't remember last time I cried. <laughs> <laughs> that's well. That's telling as well. Yeah, it's very difficult to remember. I don't. I don't watch a movie very often anymore. And uh, you know, well, uh, I'm sorry. I can't remember last time I cried. <laughs> All right, maybe that's a good thing. Um, outside the arena, the think part of it. Outside the arena, we have the Oculus, you know, the uh, digital <laughs> board that's around. Everybody can see it when they enter, when they come out of the subway. If you <laughs> had a message you could put up there or an image or something that you wanted people to think about, <laughs> what would it be? Well, uh, I'm sorry, say that question again. So yeah. in other words, the think part of this uh -huh. is if you could put any kind of message on that digital sign outside Barclay Center so that when everyone enters the arena or they're coming off the subway and they're going to see it, mm -hmm. whether it be a, a phrase or an image or just some idea that you'd like people to think about, mm -hmm. what do you think that would be? Uh, do what you want, you know, because life is very short, you know. Yeah, life is your, your own, so you have to do what you really want, it, you know, that kind of thing. Daisuke? Outstanding performance on your, you. on your debut on the Voice of the Nets podcast. We really appreciate you joining us. And it's one of the great things about having mm -hmm. Utah here is that we get to see you here every day. So thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. This right. is our honor. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, speaking with both uh, Utah and Dice K. I hope you enjoyed. Again, thank you for, uh, for listening and subscribing. I will leave you with something to watch and listen to that relate to our show here today. I know I like to do that at the end. Um, first, the watch. I was turned on to this a few years ago by a friend of mine. It's a show called Giri Haji. It is Giri slash Haji, and it is Japanese for duty, shame. It's a detective show about a detective who, um, from Japan, whose brother gets wrapped up in the Yakuza, which is the, the like Japanese mafia in London. And he goes to London to try and find him. And it takes place both in London and Japan. And it's a terrific show. If you go Rotten Tomatoes, gave it 100%. It's on Netflix. Giri Haji. Gets a little artsy, but I loved it. Loved it. It's just, it's a fantastic show. One season, eight episodes. I wouldn't steer you wrong. And, uh, and you heard Utah. I asked him about what he would love to put on the, uh, the Oculus, right? For like, everybody think. And he said, are you happy? What a great message from Utah Watanabe, who always has a smile on his face. Always. So thinking about how many songs about happiness, there's so many obvious ones. I I'll go a little indie rock one for you. Go, go do yourself a favor, check out a band called Ballpark Music and a song called It's Nice to Be Alive. Don't stress, that's dumb, I'm here, and it's nice to be alive. Thanks to my producer Tom Dowd, engineer Isaac Lee. I'm Chris Carino. Talk to you next time on The Voice of the Nets. 